Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The sort of headband acts as a sort of microphone. There we go. <laughs> I'll do the start. <laughs> yeah. what, I meant to, what I meant to say there was that the... Mm. Minute Tim's flagship podcast, episode 305, and it's over. It's decided the long war of attrition that began back in July to find out which team was the best in Scotland, otherwise known as the Cinch Premiership, is all but decided. Celtic are champions. I'm joined by Stephen. Yes, you are. And Melly. <laughs> yes. Sitting the same side every week. I got it, I, I got it wrong. Uh, that was quite a deceptive drop of the shoulder there. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Gave you the eyes. <laughs> gave you the eyes. Matt O'Reilly style. It's been decided, Melly. We absolutely pummeled hearts. Ange said before the game, there's a couple of ways that you can get through that finish line. You can stumble across it or you can bust right through it. Celtic bust right through it. They did. They bust right through it and it's... It's one of the better performances we've seen this season, I thought, despite going down with the early goal. I thought Celtic just got the ball back, got another stride and just played their football and were brilliant. And it, it was a great day out. And we've spoke about it this season, like how Ange Postacoglu has brought everything together. We've got our club back. But boys, our trophy back. <laughs> oh yeah, we certainly do. A uh, thoroughly enjoyable game. And I have to admit that after Hearts scored, after about two and a half minutes or something like that, I was already starting to take my notes in. Reuse already tired notion about the script not being followed from the last <laughs> two or three weeks that I've been using over and over again. But there was no such worries after that. Uh, I said this after the game when we did our At The Match podcast mm. for Patreon. Uh, I said that it's very difficult to get worked up about a goal that's so early. Yeah. Uh, see, when you're at home and you're playing really well, by, by I think we've been good form for ages. This has been a sustained period of form for months now. Very difficult to get too wound up after that length of time. See if it had been like 42 minutes or something, we'd went 1-0 down. I, I would have maybe had a, a wee slight wobble in it, but after that, the hoops took over. I still had confidence, to yeah. be honest. I, in fact, I'd put a bet on after Hart scored for Celtic to be winning by 15 minutes. That's a 10 quid I'll never see again. But it's just, <laughs> a, it's just an indication of how confident you are in this Celtic team. I, it's one thing that we've said all along. It's been a couple of weeks, a couple of months now. We've said, like, we just have the utmost confidence in this Ange Postacoglu team. They seem to rise to every occasion. They seem to take on every challenge. And the result doesn't necessarily go our way. But I just didn't see any way us were going to cause an upset on, the other day on Saturday. Would you describe them as rising? I would describe <laughs> Rising to every challenge. Yeah, this year's all about rising. <laughs> uh, that was it. I mean, Celtic, they got in at their stride. But we've seen so many 
things like this happen this season where Celtic go behind or the the a team equalises and I think that was the longest we've since September we've possibly been down in a game. Usually if we let in a goal it's pretty an instant reply mm. or we get back in front. But it, it took quite a while but being at the game, once it settled down after 10 minutes, but it was just, Hearts managed to just keep the ball up uh, our goal for the first two and a half minutes and got the goal. But after that, after 10 minutes when Celtic settled into the game, it wasn't like, I didn't feel the crowd getting any nervous at all. No, it was just no. a case of, right, this is going to happen. Let's just see when it happens and just wait for it to come. I think Ellis Sims is a decent player. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, he has. He, he's been good for them. He scored, the, he scored an absolute cracker of a goal was against Hibs. And aye, the, aye. Uh, he's, he's been very good for them. And I could tell that worried is, is far too strong a word, but I, I could tell from the defence's handling of him that he was at least a concern for mm. them. He had been identified as something to, something to think about because I, I, I kept noticing... Whenever the ball was in the air, now both of our centre halves are, are very good in there. But I noticed Starfelt in particular trying to get wee advantages over him, like maybe nudges in the back when he's mm. about to jump for it and stuff like that. So maybe just trying to paying the respect to his, his ability in there. I thought Starfelt could have done better for the goal. I thought it was quite mm. he, he got caught maybe slightly wrong side. I think the touch off of was it Liam Boyce yeah. sort of threw the Celtic defence off a wee bit. Was, there were shades of maybe offside as well, but I thought Starfield could have been a wee bit stronger in the challenge. Uh, it's a good finish, right? Enough. I have to admit, I missed it at the game. Mm. I missed it at the game because I think what the, the Green Brigade or something were doing something at the time and I turned around and my son was gone. <laughs> so the back, I, I completely missed it. But having seen it back, it was a really good goal, a really mm, yeah. well-taken finish. But I think you're right about that touch from Liam Boyce. Whether it was deliberate or not, his wee flick through the defence, I think caught everyone kind of flat-footed off guard a little mm. bit. And... I think if if you're going to debate over the offside of that, I don't like that will come up. <laughs> that will come up today. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure we're talking about linesman's performances, but uh, yeah, I think Starfield could have been closer to him. He ended up kind of on the wrong side of him entirely. But it was a really good finish, really good taking finish. Yeah, I think it. I think it takes a deflection on the cross, and then yeah. Liam Boyce does the wee flick round, and it, it's that early in the game. You're not it's, for a finish like that. It was a very good touch and finish from him. It was a wee bit like remember Larson scored one against Rangers like that, where mm. he sort of. Hits on the turn. down uh, on the turn and goes round, but good finish from the guy. But when Hearts got in at that lead, you were like, oh, this they could make a game of this today. And when you're looking at their team, they get Sims up front, Liam Boyce, who's given his problems before another team's problem, and of course this generation's most technically gifted player, Barry <laughs> McKay on the wing. You're expecting a bit more from them up front, but after that, they created absolutely nothing, and it, it just fell into that same pattern we see every time it. Celtic part these days where teams just sit in and just hope for the best and that's all Hearts were doing I mean when the referee is shouting at Craig Gordon to hurry up after 5 or after 6 five, minutes after 5, 10 and warning him after 10 minutes you're like how are you going to get out of here alive? I've, got, I've just got a question for Craig Gordon though what's the beef? <laughs> what's the beef? Like, we, I mean Celtic were good for Craig Gordon yeah. Craig Gordon was good for Celtic but he's like moaning as fuck every time he plays us isn't he? Is he getting to like Alan McGregor level, are things okay? Goalkeeping performances? Do you think it was, oh, think it was, Ed, that, think it was Edwards Penenka that ruined him? <laughs> I think so. And do you think he just, because he went tonto after that, didn't he? Disrespectful. Oh, it was it? disrespect. Oh, aye. That was it. That was a that was a talk after that. It was disrespectful. And then ever since he played us, it's like <laughs> time wasting, arguing. He's fuming every time the ball goes back. Now, admittedly, I only see Craig Gordon when he plays against us. Yeah. So this might be Craig Gordon. But every time the ball, he's furious. 
the ball that the, the goal that Kyogo goal we'll talk about, which was definitely and he's furious about that. I mean, fucking hell, Craig, relax. <laughs> Settle down, you're at a party. I know. You're, you're, I know. You've been invited to a title party. Do you know, Craig, how many people would pay to be in your <laughs> position, <laughs> front row? Ruining the vibe here, Craig. Come on. <laughs> and you've experienced them as well. I, I was I floated this question after the game as well. Is he most the most contemptible figure to ever have won a treble for Celtic. Unbelievable, the guy <laughs> just can't let it go. Pain in the ass of a guy. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it was good for Celtic. He was a really good mm. keeper, and he still is, clearly, mm. as the writers seem to emphatically think yeah. out there. Um, good week for them. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've heard a little bit too oh. much about what the football writers of this country think oh dear. recently. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, Craig Gordon, what a performance it was from him. Have you seen Anchorman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only less funny, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. more deeply troubling. Have a have a scan across Twitter today yeah. for for what we may or may not be alluding to there. Mm. Uh, yeah, Craig, Craig got it. It was it's hilarious though, like watching him get so upset at these goals. I and mean, the thing is, he keeps getting really angry about tappings that go through his legs. There's, there's a few a few things that have happened. Like Kyogo maybe wasn't through his legs. It was in his near post, and then Maida quite similar. Blame Maida's, the defence. I think Maida was through his legs. It was, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that yeah. definitely was. I don't know if Kyogo's one early in the season was, but blame. Oh, yeah. Have a word with your defence rather than everybody else. The best thing about that was Andy Walker on Sky commentary only does commentary presumably because he just answers the call and keeps picking up the phone and he's local <laughs> and not too hungover to do it. I guess he gets it, the call. David Tanner no longer gets. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes. Um, David Tanner favourite of this podcast um, people don't wonder why and there's really no reason no none <laughs> he just gets it um, yeah Andy Walker every after every Celtic goal but quite a lot throughout the game right Andy Walker just throw one piece of patter he goes you need to be good to beat Craig Gordon as the ball sneaks under his legs <laughs> good guy some player I know, Craig Gordon seems to be a bit of a rewriting of history for him mm. as well I hope that that game at the weekend puts to bed any notion that like we should have kept Craig Gordon. We shouldn't have. He no, was no. third choice at the time. He was on a decent wage. There was there was no real future for him at Celtic. Fraser Foster was meant to come back, all that nonsense. But I don't think the beef either. I think people seem to think Craig Gordon's beef is the fact that Celtic let him go. I don't think that's even up for debate. I think he, he, we just let him go. He wanted to go to Hibs and he wouldn't have played for Hearts rather than he wouldn't have played for us anyway. Yeah, no, he seems to be, like a lot of people didn't like him at the start because remember he came up for the corner mm. against against Celtic and all that and he managed to win people over. Now he's going back the way, Craig. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so there was a few people on Twitter saying, I wonder if he's going to come up for a corner. <laughs> <laughs> 4 1. Well, I wouldn't have been surprised because he was time wasting it 2 1 down. Yeah. yeah. He definitely. He was doing that thing where he was walking across his box to take goal kicks from the other side, that the oldest trick in the book. He was doing that at 2 1 down. Robbie yeah. Nielsen might have told him to do that. Yeah, he might have, might have been manager instructions, but still, Craig's caught that. Things, yeah. things change, though. See, when you're 2 1 down, I don't know if that, <laughs> what you were told, clock, I don't know if what you were told before the game still necessarily <laughs> applies. You know, Craig got, we may as well do it just now because mm. we can't drift away from the Craig. Gordon thing but his performance at the is that the second goal Kyogo's yeah, header yeah. was remarkable and it has carried on after the game I don't know if this was said in jest I, I don't really care but he was been he's complaining about the referee's assistant getting the decision right <laughs> because yeah. it's really hard to do that apparently I think the, the phrase after was after complaining he didn't get it right yeah. with the Kyogo one as well Aye, so I think that how can he get that right from 40 yards that's his sole purpose is to get decisions right <laughs> yeah. from that. See that lane that they run up and down? That's the only place they're allowed to be. So they need to get decisions right from that distance. And, and was the Kyogo offside goal not against Hearts? The one yeah, that, every, that everyone yeah. was talking about. So we've got a situation here where Craig Gordon miraculously saves the ball when it's already in the back of the net, <laughs> claws it out. And he's absolutely fuming. He's saying, no way, no way, no way. And according to Craig Gordon, he says the, the lino came out at, during half time went, 
good call for me there. Eh? <laughs> yes, it was. And <laughs> rather than just take him at face value, went, he's bamming me up. Look, we, we do a Celtic podcast and more broadly, we do a football podcast. We mm. talk about decisions made by referees and linesmen and all that all the time. And what we often come back to is that like, we talk about VAR a lot in this country, even though we don't have VAR, so there's mm. no sense in talking it. And see, see if that goal hadn't been given, I would have thought, right, it's clearly over the line but it's in a, a split second, right? Mm. It's really hard to get that right. So maybe he just didn't see, you've got to be sure to give a goal. So maybe he just wasn't too confident in it. And we would have been sitting here going, aye, do you know what, VAR, we need VAR in this country, but there's no sense in talking about it. But he got it right. He got it right. <laughs> yeah. And even if it's by total fluke, that's an incredibly well-made decision. And for Craig Gordon to come out and complain that it was a really well-made decision that still went against them is honestly I, incredible. I, I, I wasn't bad. I mean, Craig, or just be better. <laughs> just save it, mate. Just save it. it hurts it. Craig Gordon again. Sorry to quote Andy Walker. Need to be good to beat Craig Gordon. <laughs> just the go. four times and the Matt O'Reilly one that hit the post. Yeah. There was quite a few. He did make a good, few good saves, Craig Gordon, mm. but it didn't really matter in the end, did it? Because no. Celtic well just flying, flying. Once we got the goal, you just felt right. We'll get another one before half time, and then that'll be us. And the Jota for the piece of play for the first goal where he burst past the. The defence and puts it across for Maida. It was coming. You could feel yeah. it coming in the stadium. It just felt maybe it was a wee bit longer coming than it should have been. But Celtic, Kyogo had a good chance. We had the chances before him. Once we got in front with the Kyogo one, you're like, right, okay, it's party time. Yeah. Because this is it. This is it. We're not going to surrender our lead because Hearts weren't creating anything despite having decent players on. And they've got injuries in defence and Craig Gordon's not going to save them forever. And you just felt, right, how many is it going to be the day, boys? You're right, because the the game was another one of those ones where you think, wait, well, Hearts could have made it difficult. I was actually, earlier on, I was going to say, it's like really full credit to Celtic for this because Hearts have been a difficult opponent. Mm -hmm. even There's only been one goal in it every yeah, time they've played them. This season, it's been, they've been a very difficult opponent. So in a, a way, that's probably quite disappointing from them to go and get absolutely hammered with an opportunity with nothing really to play for. But we've seen in the past that teams can often have their competitive edge brought out by that, even though yeah. even if they've got nothing to play for, they might be drawn into the occasion and think, right, well, we can spoil this because we're professionals at the end of the day. But they didn't manage to do that. But it was another one of those games where you, I was left thinking, it could have been so many more. Craig Corden did have good saves. There was a couple of really big chances from headers passed up as well. O'Reilly and Kyogo in the first yeah. half. Turnbull had a week in a poke that... Uh, Gordon saved as well Hit the post yeah. It could have been Any number of goals In that game And I don't think Hearts could have had Anything to complain about um, Ange mixed up the team A wee bit Oh yes uh, Calling for it Yeah it was You were confident It started with Matt O'Reilly And David Turnbull In midfield Is probably the, the main Talking point in there Yeah I thought it was good It was good The movement It was brilliant From the two of them And uh, I, I really like David Turnbull I think Celtic have, have missed him Lucky we got in Hitati in, uh, in January Because could have been a big miss considering he played pretty much every game up till his injury and just having him back now when it wasn't essential just to fire him in like it was at the start of the season that just reminds you of what a good player he is like 21 years old yeah. he's had a lot of goals a lot of assists this season but just his movement and where he picks up the ball I said this on the the at the match after it and I'm not saying he is this player here but he here, is here we go this uh, okay he's, he is our version of this player and it's Kevin De Bruyne just the way he plays <laughs> and where he picks up the ball I think mm. Tumble's going to be a, a really good player for Celtic domestically anyway we'll see if he can make the step up but just where he picks up the ball and that sort of wide position in the half space as it's called I think he's he's well suited to play in Andrew's system and alongside O'Reilly as well I just thought it got, brought us a really good balance of 
creativity, energy, and Michael McGregor behind him as well. That nine out of ten as usual from. I just think going forward that possibly I'll be our best midfield, and I was really pleased to see it. So pity the season's ending next week, but looking good for the future time to drop Hattie then Stephen time up yeah I, th- I think it made sense on the day and I think dealing with Hattie first as well I think like, I, I didn't ever want to come across like I was really being quite hard on mm. him I just thought I, I don't really see the, the sense in persevering see if you go really hard on him <laughs> yeah see instead of doing podcasts he might give a wee bit of after dinner speaking to do it the next day <laughs> 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 Unbelievable. Astonishing. <laughs> 2022. Again, feel free to go and search yeah, for this. Yeah. Um, Hatati, I, I was I felt even more vindicated in questioning the, the choice of Hatati, not only because of how Turnbull played, because I thought he was really good, as mm. Melly has already described there, but Hatati was good when he came on as well. Yeah. He, he looked yeah. really sharp and really, really dangerous as well. So that it kind of added to my belief that he's going to be really good next season. It's just a case of like getting him getting him right. Getting, getting him, him through the, the wash, getting him through the cycle. Exactly. Getting him in the right place to, to go again next season. And I think it started there. And I think it was it made sense to take him out. There's been a narrative online concerning whether we have enough recovery speed in midfield if you take Hatati out because Turnbull and O'Reilly, they're not necessarily seen no. as the quickest of players. But I don't think that matters because of the level of control we had over midfield. Now you look at Hearts as well and yeah they're, they're not as good a team as Celtic but they are a decent team they've done well this season but they've got dangerous players in there as much as we laugh at the, the thing about Barry Mackay being the best you know the most gifted teenager of his generation or whatever it was at the time it's quite a dangerous player yeah. Janelli's very fast as well they, they have got dangerous players but I didn't, I, don't, I didn't feel any fear from that whatsoever because of the level of control we had over the game. Uh, it's been a player that did quite good while they came on. I thought James Forrest yeah, yeah. had a completely new lease of life when yeah. he came on. I was quite impressed. You get the feeling that James is probably near the end of his Celtic career as we spoke about. But that I, I would be lying if I didn't think that wee cameo gave me pause for thought. I thought he did well, yeah. It's easy coming on when you're winning in Celtic. We're in full party mode by that time. The three subs we made earlier were... We're good with it. Celtic sort of needed that wee injection there when Hitati, Abada and Jakimakis, was it, yeah, came on. Yeah. It, before we've taken two midfielders out and replaced them, and I don't like doing that at once because it upsets the rhythm of the game, but I thought he got that right, Angie. It was, it was going well and the subs all played their part. I mean, the, the last goal by Jakimakis, I think it's Forrest into... Hatati, Hatati has the shot. Abada goes for the rebound. Forrest gets the the ball again, crosses it for Jakimakis. So that's the four players that had been brought on, all played a part mm-hmm. in that goal. So it shows you if we can get everybody fit and firing, as they say, then the squad looks good. And again, you'll tumble in for um, Hatati, sorry. Yeah. And then O'Reilly, I thought O'Reilly was brilliant as well. It's just, we've got a good balance there. And Maeda, Jota, both played a part, both instrumental in the goal so Celtic are playing well all their players are playing well the trophy's coming home and that thing like even James Forrest comes on Hatati comes on does well that's what confidence does to you yeah. and a winning team and it just looked good man it was just this is the way it should be boys this is the way it should be <laughs> Jota was man of the match now I've got to admit I wonder if they only gave him that to ask him about the rumours about whether or not he was staying <laughs> yeah, one yeah. more time because I thought Greg Taylor was brilliant again yeah so did Cal McGregor I, I, I saw that clip where Cal McGregor did you see this Somebody, after Sky when the players were doing their, their lap of honour right? right somebody panned to Cal McGregor and you could quite clearly see Cal McGregor see something along the lines of they awarded it to Jota I thought it was you pointing to oh, really? McGregor ah, right. then me then Jota which is and I think that's actually fair enough but yeah. I think 
I honestly think, see if the season started uh, a new year, I think Greg Taylor would be in a shout with Celtic Player of the Year. I mean, apart from Bodo Glint, he's been brilliant in a lot of games. Turn the Instagram comments on. Sealing <laughs> the Celtic Player of the Portion of the Year yeah. award for this for this part of the season. Yeah. Maybe you get half-season tickets, half-season <laughs> very, awards. Very true. Like, plenty of clubs just make up awards to give to people. So, you know, like if you want to give someone best half-season, best... Last quarter is Greg Taylor. Most <laughs> successful half season left back <laughs> yeah. in, in the world. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, no, he's been brilliant. I think he's one of these players. I think maybe like Turnbull as well, where I, I've made the point before, and I, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm labouring it or hammering it home. It's mm. like, there's certain players who come from unfashionable clubs who never really get the kind of plaudits they deserve. I think Greg Taylor's been been excellent, and it's kind of one of those things where. Everyone's just waiting for him to slip up because he yeah. had a poor game against Bodo, and I think everyone jumped on that mm. and thought, right, see, he's easily upgradable and all that kind of stuff. But apart from that, he's been absolutely excellent, and he was key in some of the victories over Rangers that have put us in this position as well. I think he's, I think he has been a, a brilliant player this season. He's one of these players where people say quite easily you could quite easily improve on the left back, but it, again. We have tried. Every other left back that's yeah. came into the club has been the result of the manager going, Okay, let's try and improve on Greg Taylor and they just don't get in they just don't get in the team. Yeah. So we might try again. We may try again in the summer. In fact, I think we probably will, but Greg Taylor's been a, a, honestly a, a, a stalwart performer for Celtic the last couple of months. Yeah, he has. And it just you sees when you see that from the turn of the year the it's just a form domestically. It's mm. been sensational. What if we had two, three draws in there? Mm. Yeah, uh, the, two or three draws. Incredible how Celtic have put this run together. And when you you look from Hearts was the first game of the season to this game, like it's it's like a different season. I think we started with Bain, Ralston, Beaton, Welsh, Taylor, McGregor, Sorrow, Turnbull, Forrest, Abada. And Edward in mm. that first Hearts game at the start of the season. That's like a team from last season. And now we've got these players. We've signed so many players. Teams come so far. And not just in terms of players, but in terms of performance as well. Guys like Taylor, Ralston have completely changed, turned around their careers where people are going, we need a left back. We definitely need our right back. These guys, even Turnbull's managed to turn people around. So everybody's done their bit. And it's not just... You can't just say, oh, the manager, he's a good manager, does that, because the players need to do their bit as well. And you can say for every player, look, you're not going to get a game if you don't work hard under Ange. These players all work hard enough and they all they all deserve their spots. Speaking of it being a different team, do you know who one of the fullbacks was the last time Hearts won at Celtic Park in the league? Montgomery? Jean-Joel Perrier Dumbe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last time, thought, last time Hearts won, won at Celtic? Apparently Jesus. the last time they won in the league at, at Celtic Park was 2007 with the Cameroonian ace Jean-Joel, mm. T- Jean-Joel Perrier Dumbe. In the um, let's talk about Cal McGregor. You mentioned him 9 out of 10. You want to talk about taking responsibility. You want to talk about a captain and a captain's performance. Scott Brown retired just recently. We can, we can talk a wee bit about that later. But the difference and similarities between these two players, Cal McGregor's really stepped up to the mark in terms of like the way he handles himself, the way he carries himself, the standards he wants about the club. But see, on the pitch, he, he, he does that captain's job wonderfully, Stephen. He's always, always looking for the ball. He's always available. When things are going slowly... He's the one to take the ball and he'll gallop up a couple of yards. He'll take a player on. He'll put a tackle in. When, he, when we knock the ball out, I noticed when we knocked the ball out for a corner, we did a clearance and it looked as if things were slack. And he was doing that Scott Brown thing when he's telling everybody that he'd gene them up and all that. I just, you watch him, I mean, you take a minute to watch Cal McGregor. 
during the game he's just this guy gets it man he's absolutely <laughs> brilliant and it does go under the radar and it's just we've, we've done this in this podcast for a couple of years with Callum McGregor you just got oh, he was brilliant again and that's all he gets but that that there you could tell he wanted it you could tell he was not going to let it slip and I really really do enjoy if things start to get a bit rough just keep your eye on Callum McGregor he's always available for the ball always yep. trying to make it happen you look at that guy now and what he's doing and I agree with everything mm. you've just said there. It's, it's actually, I'm finding it difficult to come up with fresh things to say about Callum McGregor. He's been so good this season and he embodies everything. He's When was the last time we criticised Callum McGregor? <sighs> well, On this podcast. That, that, that was going to be a, a wider point I was going to make there. It seems almost quite reductive to say a player gets it, mm. but that is true. Added into how good he is as a footballer as well. Yeah. And you think, I mean, we've been going a long time. We've been doing this podcast for a, lo- a very long time. Too long. long. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that was a race to get that in there. Two, seven, seven years, mm. as the, the, the number above Melly's shoulder says. <laughs> we started off this podcast basically thinking that guy's never going to make it. Yeah. That guy's never a Celtic player in a million years. Because remember, he was a kind of winger. He was like yeah, a winger. Yeah. Like a midfielder yeah, left on the side. Quite ordinary winger. He'd been away at Knotts County at the time and mm. done quite well there. But in Dyla's team, just looking at him thinking, no chance, absolutely no way. Look at him compared to Tierney, there's no way he's making it. And look, look at him now, Aye. just seven short years later. <laughs> and like that, seven years later, he's the Celtic guy. People captain. pulling us up with things we said about <laughs> Kel McGregor nearly a decade ago. This year. <laughs> but no, he's remarkable. What what a player. Just Again, I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. I'm just so glad he's still here. So good because after last season, he admitted himself, Easiest thing in the world to just up sticks and think, I'm getting out of this. And you wouldn't have blamed them? Nah, I wouldn't, get me no, out of absolutely. Here. I wouldn't have blamed anyone mm. for getting out of that black hole of last season. Mm. So, now nah, full credit to him. Absolutely tremendous player. I thought he was brilliant again. And as you say, look, when the chips are down, he's the man that will sort of pick Celtic up. He's not that sort of guy like Scott Brown where he'll fly through a tackle. But in this day and age, it's better having it. For the players, no, there's somebody there that no matter what happens, more than likely he'll be available for the ball. That just puts everybody else at ease because you're like, if MD's having a bad game or worrying, you can go, just give it to Callum. He'll sort mm. it. And you see him, there was a point in the game where Turnbull was talking to somebody and Turnbull's just back in, so he's not played with a lot of these players. I think it was Maeda, Turnbull and somebody, and McGregor came over and was pointing. So he knows exactly what the manager wants. He knows the instructions. I've seen it so many times from games where he's pointing at people, telling them, you you be here, you be here, all that sort of thing. He's telling people to calm down if things are going wrong. He's just everything that embodies a modern day captain now. Yeah. And the best thing of all is he's really good at football. <laughs> that, yeah. that can be forgotten Andy sometimes because yeah. you can... Now we're talking about Cal McGregor, the captain, but just Cal McGregor, the footballer, he's a pleasure to watch because the way he goes on the ball and turns on it is brilliant and you just love a team full of them. If anything, we could do another two of them in the field, but he's just that good, he could play yeah. anywhere. And one thing I did notice at the game is because Cal McGregor's so good, kind of makes the rest of the players passing sometimes. It, you can see for for what it is. With that back line, I think Greg Taylor's quite good at it, but with Ralston, Carter, Vickers and Starfelt, with Cal McGregor in front of him, he can find these passes, mm. but with the others, I think we just need a bit better footballers back there because there was at least two, maybe three times in the first half where Kyogo was raging because he'd made runs in behind that a simple ball over or round, he'd have been through and he was throwing his hands up. And I think you've said it before, Jamie, some of the players just aren't on his wavelength yeah. now. And but I think that'll come. I think, I think that'll we just come. need somebody better. I don't, I don't know if you're going to get... Mm. 
Starfelt, I think he's a great defender, but is he going to be able to play oh, no. balls on his right foot? Fruit, fruit? Certainly I don't not think all the way from happen. the centre halves, but I do think I, I did think in that game as well. Like they seem to be a wee bit out of practice. No use to what Kyogo was doing. No spotting what Kyogo was was looking for because, like you say, did get quite frustrated. He ended up getting a goal. Yep, and he came off steam for Yakimakis. I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, or maybe it was last week that. I like Yakimakis. Like, I'm, 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 I'm happy to accept that Kugo's the better footballer, right? I'm sensing a t-shirt opportunity right? here. I'm <laughs> a merch opportunity. I like Yakimakis. But I do like Yakimakis. He scored 10 goals in the league, 19 appearances, but some of those were obviously sub-appearances. He's managed, he's managing a goal per 94 minutes. He's almost a goal every 90 minutes in, in a Celtic shirt in the league. The, that was another player there was questions about when we oh, brought yeah. him in we were like look who's this guy this he, Covid season he feels season. like a January signing but doesn't he nice. well yeah because he's like we, we brought him in last season we had the concerns about the Dutch league we had the concerns about the fact that he that was his one and only season he'd done this sort of thing but he, he's come into Celtic and I've, I mean I'm guy Stephen well he's recovered from having a non-existent first half of the season mm. and that was ramped up by the fact that we really needed them really needed them around the time where we were again, playing we spoke about this Abada and Montgomery and Juranovic mm. up front and all that we didn't have a striker Kyogo was injured it was before Maida had come to the club and we're thinking what, what is this guy for? We've signed this centre forward who's banged him in, in in Netherlands and he's just not available and then he comes in and misses that penalty against yes. Livingston and he's like oh, <laughs> <laughs> what have we got it's just absolute do <laughs> but they've turned, turned around and delivered what I mean if he's going to be the you know, quote unquote second choice to Kyogo mm. and pulling in 10 goals for a 19 that's exactly what you want yep. from the, your squad members and I, I think he's been absolutely We've missed him, missed him at several points this season. It's just a shame he couldn't have got fit earlier because I, I was during that period when I, I was talking about just starting to wonder why we even bothered signing him. I think it yeah. was like two point six million or something. I'm like, well, aye, that's a bargain, but he's not playing. It's not, it's not <laughs> worth anything at this point. But uh, yeah, just all the makings of a not only a really good cult figure at Celtic because he's the kind of guy you get behind and he's the, yeah. the kind of the kind of character you get behind. But also just a really good player. Yep. He's, he's just really good and he's been. He's been, I was thinking about this as well. Like, Kyogo has had a lot of the attention this season because he's the top scorer. He's had, I think it's 18 goals now, despite the fact they missed the guts of it as well. You look at even Maida's got like eight goals now or something. Like he only joined in January. So we've got these guys that have contributed massively that didn't, they've just come in and hit the ground running. Apart from injuries, like Giacomacchi's had, mm. had injury problems, but when he has been available, he's been delivering pretty yeah. much constantly, apart from the penalty, of course. But, you know, less said about that, the better. Both same amount of goals in the league, Kuyogo and Giacomacchi's. Uh, oh, so there could be oh, a shootout of the last two games. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, mm. like Celtic, like Kyogo was this good, goal, great goal scorer at the start of the season, but injuries sort of curtailed that. But when you look across the, the Celtic team, everybody's sort of into double figures for the goals and assists and all that. It's it's not like that 30 goal a season striker who you're hanging your hat on because like Abada's banged him in, but he's not a regular every single week. Turnbull was playing well, scoring goals, but he's not a regular after getting injured. Tom Rogic comes in, gets goals, assists, drops out. Maeda's come in, Giacomacchus has come in. Celtic's front line and midfielders have all scored goals. Matt O'Reilly seems to be getting in a lot yeah. of good positions now as well. And, is it just to sorry to jump in, but when you said about Yakimakis, seems like a January signing for me. Matt O'Reilly seems like a player that's been here since the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the weekend there just look absolute class, mm. and that's another one. Twenty one, twenty one. This guy's going to be brilliant for us, even into next season when he's fully settled in. But when I was talking about the players and the goals being shared about, that's not just 
by chance that's because Celtic are creating a lot of chances mm. and the players know what they're doing they know where they should be if Abada's not playing well he comes out and, and Maeda comes in he's scoring at the same sort of rate as Abada was it's not just luck or anything like that Celtic are creating chances and making chances because everybody knows what they're doing everybody knows where they should be and everybody's following the instructions and that is good enough to beat a lot of teams including Hearts and Craig Gordon somehow Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Summer is here. The sun is shining. The shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibes with pubes being from underneath your swimming trunks. That's why Manscaped has a performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com slash Tims for 20% off and free shipping. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is everything you need to prepare that summer body. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Stephen, what else could you possibly want? Well, you could explain exactly what that product is, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's just a ball sack trimmer. <laughs> That's from exactly your, what it is. From your podcast mates. <laughs> and yeah, crack on. There's no other way to put it, Stephen. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's just a ball sack trimmer from your podcast mates. And if you go to manscaped.com slash Tims, you get 20% off with free shipping. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. It's good being in this position in it, but basically just get to sit here and list Celtic players and <laughs> talk about how good they've been all season. Matt O'Reilly's another one. Matt O'Reilly has, he's been in and out recently, but since he's come to the club, you're right, it, it just seems like he's been here for years. And I'm, uh, it's good that you bring up his age. He's mm. 21 years old and he's already getting a little bit of international recognition, albeit under 21 level for Denmark. And with a shout, I've probably been at a World Cup now. 
but he's 21 years old and new signings like that often aren't given the same allowances that younger players do. Yeah. So because, like, I mean, he cost absolutely buttons. 1.5 million is outrageous for him. And I remember sitting here talking about how cheap Hatate was, but O'Reilly's at 1.5 million. But his age is well, remarkable in that we talk about, you know, about, I know Abada is a new signing, but Abada, you know, leave off him. He's just yeah. a young boy. Stephen Welsh is just a young boy. Hatate's really young, even though he's 24. But no one... Even it doesn't even enter anyone's head to say that about Riley because he's such a <laughs> true, such a composed figure. He, just, he looks like he's looks true, like a, he? yeah, he looks like a like twenty seven year old mm. midfielder out there just patrolling, just looks bossing like the place. Sexy boy, he is a sexy boy. Heartbreak kid. This Celtic social media put him. Yeah. The thing with Riley as well is when when we think back to December time, we're like, we need players in, we need players in. It gets to January and then you've got. Riley McGree just basically about to sign for mm. Celtic. He doesn't sign and they're going, oh, he picked Middlesbrough over Celtic disaster. Then we go and get in this guy who's better. It's just <laughs> things seem to work uh, out for us. See the season. thing about Celtic social media, right? It's They treat it as a novelty that young athletes or younger male athletes are good looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh that eh. he's not bad, isn't he? And then they sort of meme around it. Then they do the thing about Jota. He's, they're all... Healthy, wealthy, and <laughs> very young. Do you know what I mean? The majority of them are good looking boys. Don't do it with the ladies' team. We're there. <laughs> no. Love to see that. Love to see the reaction to that. No, no, there's been enough of that. There's, there's been enough of that as of late. He, he managed to get himself in the score sheet. Matt O'Reilly as well. Good take, good finish. You have to be good to beat Craig Gordon. Oh, you do. And to beat him with a trundle like that is. <laughs> right under his hand, <laughs> about three mile an hour. It, it was a great finish right in the corner. And like, his performance deserved that. And mm. I think John Paul mentioned it on the, the at the match that he'll probably be personally a wee bit disappointed he's not got more goals. He got his mm. first goal against Aberdeen and it was a deflection that really took it in. But he sort of came into it now where he's getting into good positions if he can get himself. Finishing better, he'll, he'll be into double figures for goals next season easily because he's he's good enough. And I think coming towards the end of the season, this was a nice wee timely reminder. Like, wait a minute, we've got a player on our hands yeah. here. Mm. Um, Near Bitter never got on the pitch, which I was quite surprised at. There was some social media stuff after the game, Stephen, that he was posting up. That looks like he was leaving. Then it was actually I don't know how nobody else picked up on this, but there was actually an, an interview that he gave to an Israeli radio station. I think back in April or maybe February, even earlier than that where he says he's, he's probably going to leave at the end of the season. No room for emotion, obviously. And Ange Postacoglu said, I know we've got another home game, but it was just the fact that he posted the social media stuff as if that's the last time he's ever going to be at Celtic Park. I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. Are you going to miss him? Are we Jesse Lingard and him here? Have you seen that controversy? Oh, no, what's that? It's Jesse Lingard's brother has been cracking up on social media about how Jesse didn't get a send-off at Old Trafford. <laughs> Did anyone even remember he's still uh, there? Jaylings? A send-off, yeah, Jaylings. <laughs> yeah, so all we need is Nier Beaton's brother cracking up at the club on well, social media. I'm just making the assumption that he's not going to get anywhere near Celtic Park for the trophy celebrations because it was one game to go and he's on the pitch posting goodbyes and no. getting photos taken and all that. Yeah, it's it's time for for near I think I mean he's been a he's been a good player for Celtic. Um, I, I, <laughs> he's been a plate. Look, you don't want to you don't want to discredit the guy. Look, I'm gonna let you say what you want to say. Look, it's, he has been a Celtic player. Uh, right, <laughs> no denying it. He has been a Celtic player. He has been a very, very Celtic player. <laughs> yes, for a very, very long time, yeah. he has been a Celtic player. He has contributed. He's done well in parts. I think there's been there's a lot of goodwill for Nierbeton mm. because he's been there for a long time. But I think to me, it has 
come across as a bit of an overcorrection to the point where he's considered this really cool head, the guy who can come on and take control of games. And he is capable of that on occasion, but a lot of the rest of the time he is very, very unreliable indeed. And like, you can't just rewrite history because he's mm. quite a popular guy and he's pals with other players and all that. He has been a liability at times in at Celtic Park. And I don't I don't want to make this this like the eulogy of him, by the way, he was a total <laughs> nightmare. Because he, 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 play, he played a lot under Ronnie Dyla and he played a lot in the Invincible treble yeah. season as well. So he has contributed. But it's just it's time for, for a lot of these guys. I think when it comes to the last year of a contract, which I think next year is for Nier Beaton, once you're getting to like 30, 31, we've still got him when he's like 31, 32, mm. if we keep him for another season. You don't extend to, for me. So if there's an opportunity for him to either just go somewhere else or he's been in Scotland for a long time, yeah. as much as we're joking about that, he is, he is a foreign player who maybe quite fancies going home at some point. I, I, I'm perfectly happy to just he's, let him go. He's been... I suppose... A, a near bit on defender might say look he's a guy who's never kicked up it's a fuss he's not a defender no he's not a defender <laughs> well done uh, he's a guy that's never kicked up a fuss he's came in worked hard trained every single day so much so that numerous managers have decided to keep him about ha although they haven't seen a starting 11 place for him anytime the bat signal goes up and he needs to get uh, get stripped and get ready to come on he comes on the played bat mitzvah signal the bat mitzvah <laughs> signal well done there you go he gets, uh, he gets stripped ready to come on and he's and, he, and he, he plays his part and he contributes. I suppose that's what someone that wants to defend your bit on might say. Yeah, possibly. Like, he's a squad player, isn't he? Mm. I don't think he's ever I been... Think, did the Celtic website no call him a utility man when he signed the new yeah, contract? I've got a vague recollection of Called that. Tatty that when he signed, I'm did sure. Uh, uh, so a bit of disparaging, isn't it? Being yeah. called a utility man. <laughs> I get that, but because he, he was a midfielder when he came and like, trials with Man City and all that, mm. so you could see, well, maybe this guy's going to be something, but... He never quite done it. He came in uh, a bit towards the end of Dyla, but that was a really poor time for Celtic. Yeah. And then, uh, as Stephen said, when Rodgers first came in, he started to play. And then, just as soon as Stuart Armstrong broke through in November, he's never really got his place back. So I can't really, despite him being here for nine years, and if he's been here nine years, he's obviously got a lot of contract mm. extensions. So managers have seen like he can do a do a job, but I've never really seen him anything more than that. He's he never had a season where I can go. Remember that season? Beaton was great. Or I mean, he became a meme on this podcast, didn't he? About the the recurring appearances in the Champions League qualifiers. That was near <laughs> yeah. Beaton's role at Celtic, and that's what's going to hinder him. But at the end of the day, as well, with that, look, he was getting played at centre half. Mm. It's not as if Celtic had a position for him in midfield where they had to take him out of that to put him at centre half. He get put there because he wasn't playing in midfield. It's only this season he's went back to that after maybe three or four years of. Any time he did play for Celtics, it was centre half. Look, fair play to the guy's been here. He's probably given his all. He's been a decent squad player, but I don't think he's ever been or was ever going to be anything more than that. And they'll go with the best wishes. I think this season we've started to see look, he was a midfielder the whole time. And, and <laughs> who knew? <laughs> probably he did. But sitting in that number six because Celtic haven't really played that a lot. Uh, up until this season I think that's his best position but he's just a bit too ponderous at times and when Celtic are playing the way they're playing doesn't quite fit that so I think with Beaton he has been that sort of second choice in there behind McGregor but we've got McCarthy in a long term deal we've got Gucci in there so I think if somebody wants if he wants to go home fair play to him and best wishes I don't know what his options were at any given time while he was at Celtic um, but I'm sure he could have found something mm. which I, I was amazed when he signed that last contract of his because I thought is he going to stay for 9 years and just or 10 years it probably would have been if he'd seen the contract yeah. out 
as a bit part player, surely he could have gone somewhere and, mm. and got. But I remember thinking, popular guy in the changing room. I, I think his family are all settled here. His kids are at school here. That's all that it. sort of stuff. He's a good example of why I try not to project ambitions onto players because you don't know what they want in their life. Mm. It, he stayed at Celtic because he was happy here. Presumably, he could have gone somewhere I, and played a lot more. And there's probably a bit of a, as much as people want to think football clubs. Quite ironic an argument, I suppose. But people sometimes think football clubs could be should be strictly capitalist businesses that really cutthroat about it. If you've got a guy who's well liked, who does a job when he's required, who's very very happy here, whose family are settled here, who wants to stay, and he's been here a long time and gave a long service, and he wants another contract, you know, a couple of years ago, there's a lot of people who nah, you just cut him off. But there's yeah. an argument to say, look, does the manager want him? I, I know he can do a job for me. I give him a couple of years and, and take him up to thirty and see how he gets on. There's I don't really necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, you don't extend it to every single play. You just keep players about the yeah. place, thinking the place up. Because Celtic are bad at that. They, they are, are bad, bad at that, at that yeah. yeah. They are bad at that. But at the same time, if a player can contribute, then there's no harm in keeping them about. Folks, we have an announcement. Our final flagship podcast of the season is going to be our first ever live show. Friday, the 20th of May. Drygate in Glasgow come join us as we celebrate Celtic regaining the title an evening of Celtic chat with your three favourite podcasters there's a link below whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to podcasts link below to get your tickets and we'll see you there bring your inflatable kangaroos folks <laughs> and I, I insist bought, upon it I bought an Australia kit yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice a kit, not a full kit because that's you know weird and I'm too old for that but I've got the away one have you? Yeah, because it's green Yeah, I've got the yellow home one I was going to get Ange on the back number one <laughs> Just because of mine, then I'm going to get, obviously I'm going to get my court cat. No, yep. it's going to be fun. It's our first ever night. It's our first ever live podcast. It's going to be some laugh. Melly's looking forward to it. Oh, aye, tickets are flying off the shelf. They are flying out quite. They are flying out. The tickets are selling, which we are pleased by. Because whenever you do these things, Stephen, you never know if anyone's going to turn up. <laughs> no, not that. If you would, that would be absolutely great. Thank you very much. Um, speaking of which, Stephen. Speaking of additions, we weren't speaking of additions, but I don't know how to segue. <laughs> I don't know how to segue that to the next thing. Um, Mark Lowell joined Celtic. There you go, smooth. Yeah, it's absolutely smooth as an eel. There, <laughs> there yeah. It's that sort of thing you can expect <laughs> at the live show. Except with 100% more fear in our voices as, as, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see the beads of sweat to get a good seat. Yeah, Mark Lowell has has joined Celtic controversially. Now, uh, there's always going to be a big reaction to Head some of this. Head of recruitment and yeah. scouting. There's always going to be a big reaction to something like this because he has a, let's put it, emotionally evocative surname. Yes. Put, putting it kindly. Uh, the, that seems to have been, that seems to have taken precedence over whether he's actually worth employing or not. Right? Uh, and I get that because we're not all that far away from Peter Lowell being the enemy of, mm-hmm. of the, the Celtic fan base for, for quite some time there. And there's always a bit of a kind of jobs for the boys aroma mm. around Celtic yes. as, as it's, you know, I'm putting that kindly as well. So I get that people aren't going to necessarily react to this with the greatest of enthusiasm, but I would say that Ange has been public about the fact that he wants to work with him, has worked with him in the past, works well with him, knows you know he knows what Ange wants in a player, mm. he knows what he wants in his style, and I, I just won't entertain any idea that he's been foisted upon Ange because you know he's a he's a yes man for the board and all that. I know that was the stuff last season. I just won't it's accept just it. Keep recurring, yeah. isn't it. Won't accept it. That's total garbage. If you know anything about Ange Postecoglou, that shouldn't even be a consideration. He is he is a guy who you have to look at the individual, not the surname. Mm. He's a guy who's worked for Man City and broadly the the City Group. He, we're not employing him from 
curries or something like that. Because, <laughs> Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Stepek as a, as a reference for the Glenn's kids. Glenn Hutchison, Robertson and Stepek. Area, area manager. He may have worked there in the past, but his most recent employment at least has been uh, with the, the City Group in Man City. And that's... That is some pedigree. Whatever you think of plastic clubs, blah, blah, blah. Mm. They, they are a, a well-oiled football machine He's these days. He's for nearly 10 years. Yeah. And a, in a for, very similar role, uh, it has to be said, head of a scouting for City Football Group, scouting recruitment, almost the exact same job title, handily. Yeah, and people are always, as I said, people are always suspicious of this kind of thing. But again, I'm trying to zoom out and look at what that that connection you know, unspoken or otherwise, has actually done for Celtic. The recruitment we've had through Man City has been almost to a man excellent. Near Bitton? Uh, yeah, well, near, near Bitton. Patrick Roberts, Dedrick Boyata. And Cham. In Cham, Gudetti, Denier. We've had loads of good players from them. Uh, so um, I, I'm, I don't have a problem with it, but I do understand the, the hesitancy in getting fully behind it's it. That, it's that name and everything, yeah, that, and, yeah. and everything that goes along with it, Melly. But had he not had the CV that he's got, did, you know, you could even flip it around the other way and go, had he not been Peter Law's son, he probably wouldn't have left City to join Celtic. Yeah. There, there, there would be, if he was just some Dutch guy that had this job at City or, or, or anyone, I don't know why I chose Dutch there, but <laughs> there'd be no connection, no reason for him to leave that job at City and come to Celtic. No, I don't think so. I mean, I've always maintained that if Celtic are going to be a bit like Man City, be like them as much as you can yeah. be. And this guy, his CV and everything he's done, it's the exact type of guy we want. Celtic have gone a year without somebody in this position. That's ridiculous. We've done so well to get to this position where we are, mm. where we've managed to get the players and wants. But if we can better that, and I've no doubt that maybe we took recommend recommendations off this guy. So if he's going to come in and do what he does at Man City in the City group for Celtic, good. Yeah. If it is Peter Law's son, then... So be it. I don't think he's going to be phoning his dad. Like, dad, I'm going to sign this guy. And what's going to happen is he's going to his dad will phone him. Yeah, and yeah. go here. I just read in the Daily Record that you're going to bid for for this guy. You're sticking in three million. Aye, aye, he's worth three million. Two point one, <laughs> two point one million, and then kid on that you're, and then switch your phone off. <laughs> you sure, Dad? Yes, that's how we negotiate. That's the lol way, son. That's the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think it's a it's a decent appointment by the looks of it. He's got he's got everything we've been needing in that. And I get why people are sceptical because mm. it is Peter Law's son. But as you said, would he have come without that? And the, the challenge way- I suppose he faces is, as you said, in the last season the recruitment's been really good without him. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to come in. If next season recruitment is not very good, people are immediately going to go, well, wait a minute, it was good when Ange was just operating on his own, then you come in and it's not as good. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. I've said it multiple times, I think Stephen said it as well. Man City and Liverpool rarely sign flops. Mm. They rarely sign guys that don't come in and make an impact because they've got a style of play and they go out and get players to fit that style of play. Celtic managed to do that so far. If they can get a guy who's been at City and has seen players all over. And look, we brought guys from the Japanese league where the City group work as well. Yep. So we've seen that. And again, it's... It's this conundrum of this Peter Lawell thing hanging over. Yeah. So Celtic, Peter Lawell and Celtic don't give managers their own staff. Ange came in and didn't get his own staff. Now he's got a guy who he used to work with, but it's Peter Lawell's son. So kind of get his own staff and now he's getting somebody he wants to work with. But it's Peter Lawell's son, so you can't have him either. Where does the, it end? The thing that's going to reek a wee bit is we're probably going to end up with Dermot Desmond's son and Peter Lawell's son, <laughs> like some sort of weird Gar- dynasty. Gordon Strachan's son. Gordon Strachan's yeah, son, like some sort of weird family dynasty <laughs> operating as a football club. Because they've always worked really well at Celtic before, family dynasties uh, of many time. generations. Woolworths. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just naming bus shops yeah. right. more defunct retail giants <laughs> that's very weird um, speaking of which speaking of not letting go of the past there's been a growing um, a groundswell of opinion that I just don't get on board with at all Melly that some Celtic fans want Scott Brown back to hand over the league title to, to Callum McGregor now Scott Brown who retired just this week and he says he's going to pursue a career in management so it'll be interesting to see if he pitches up a Hibs or whatever undoubtedly a Celtic legend I think we discussed it when he left the club undoubtedly a Celtic legend undoubtedly a Scottish football legend but I, I kind of I don't want him there like overshadowing what Callum McGregor's there to do I don't want any sort of we, we just dredge up the past and no disrespect to Scott Brown but just stay away I, th- and I think Scott Brown would feel the same yeah. and I see Stephen nodding in the corner my there just stay away let Callum McGregor do it let him have his moment yeah I've not been I'm a... sorry crucially let the guy for cinch that hands over the trophy that <laughs> absolutely nobody knows who he is it better be Ryland no, oh, better what, be. you want Ryland you don't want Scott yeah, Brown yeah some guy in a suit some area manager in a suit from cinch just handed over the <laughs> it was always perplexed me that right. to be honest there's always some guy for the Royal Wing do you remember I'm off on a tangent Howard do you remember that Howard for the Halifax I want advice from you it'll be about mortgages <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Melly, yeah, Scott Brown handed the trophy over to Callum McGregor, I or no? Eh, uh, I suppose, like, because Scott Brown left at the end of last season, we didn't get a goodbye of any sort because nobody was in the stadium, so maybe there's there's something in that, but I think Scott Brown, Callum McGregor, will ju- everybody will just want this to be mm. Callum McGregor's, and I don't know if it's part of whatever cinch do or a part of the contract that you, you, you get to pick who it is, so I'm with you. Like if Scott Brown can get some sort of goodbye at some point, I'd be all for that. But this is Callum McGregor and Ange Postacoglu's Celtic. Scott Brown for being a legend, he left. That this is nothing to do yeah. with him. So this is this is a fresh start for Celtic. So I want to see Callum McGregor with a trophy. And it'd be a bit weird because there'd be Callum McGregor having the trophy with all these new players. This new this new era for Celtic. And then Scott Brown in some photos running away. It would just be a bit strange. Yeah, I think Melly sort of hit the nail on the head there, Stephen. It's like, this is the turning of a page. It's a brand new era. And that's what this league title should really represent. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's not it's not a criticism of Scott Brown or no. or of anyone who would like that. I just, it's a firm no for me. Mm. I, d- I don't think it's appropriate at all. I think Scott, Scott Brown, you're right, had nothing to do with this season. See, see quite aside from that, see, aside from my feelings on it, yeah, I, I, to, I totally agree that to take anything away from Callum McGregor or Postacoglu and have any focus on Scott Brown being involved in this title would, would be completely inappropriate. But we need to remember, Scott Brown's a pretty serious guy. He's a mm. pretty serious football guy. Is he going to want involved in something like, like that? Like a mascot, yeah, like turn up like a mascot. Yeah, get wheeled out for, for you know, a goodbye and mm. all that. The guy's, the guy's a total professional. He's not going to want anything to do with that. You could have both. You could have Callum McGregor and Angie's day and the rest of the squad and uh, coaching staff's day on that and you could you could have Scott Brown involved in anything going forward it yeah. doesn't have to be this week we, we get him back to do something you could have him f- unfurl the flag next season for lack of but I know I, I, I don't want him part of that at all I, I just it doesn't sit right at all like Scott Brown has had plenty of those himself this this is Callum McGregor's day and, yeah, I, and Scott sure. Brown shouldn't be there it'd be like, be like doing something weird like having like Alex Ferguson doing stuff for Man United. They're not successful yeah. anymore, but you know what I mean? If, if they, for whatever reason, won the league, just bring Alex Ferguson yeah. back to overshadow it all. Uh, that's that's the kind of figure Scott Brown is and these uh, days. Yeah, because he's so, cause he's so yeah. big and well-rounded. I see, like, obviously there's been a lot of press about Scott Brown retiring. The BBC put up a wee montage of pictures on the Facebook 
the BBC have that absolute normal one this week. I don't know if anybody <laughs> noticed. So on the montage of their Facebook of Scott Brown pictures, inexplicably had a picture of Ryan Kent punching Scott <laughs> Brown. On well, he didn't land a punch on him, yeah. obviously. There was that. Um, they, they've changed the BBC have changed the icon to their own national broadcaster podcast to a picture of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst cheering. There's no graphics on it, then. there's no title, there's no, no. BBC Sports End, it's just a picture of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Bizarre. And then on their news story about Celtic winning the league, was it about Celtic winning the league? They had a picture of the Bodo Glint fans <laughs> cheering. This all happened over the course of the weekend that Celtic won the league. I don't believe for a minute it's an accident. Was I don't it, believe it's some sort of glitch in the matrix. Was it somebody's last week in the job or something like that? And just, somebody's uh, fuming. <laughs> running somebody's amok. A, somebody's uh, absolutely fuming about it. There's no way it's an accident. I, I, I subscribe to it. I'm kind of on the verge of chucking it at Sports Sound right enough because they don't do any of the things I used to like. Remember no, the, they've chucked it yeah, mostly. The, the thing in the Monday night where they used to just get these old guys into a, a show at each other mm. like Craig Levine and Tom English and Michael Stewart and Daryl was his face. Or I think Michael just, Stewart might have ruined that for <laughs> everyone. <laughs> <I think> so <laughs> They're more just arguing with each other on the Monday night. I used to go out and enjoy that because you, know, you like a, you like a bam up, you like mm. a, a right annoying listen from time to time. They've stopped doing that but I'm still subscribed at the moment and I saw that icon come up in my subscribe podcast and I was like... That, that, that's odd right but it was just after they had got that result so I thought right fine maybe this is a thing to do but then the the podcast titled whatever it was Celtic Fire Four Past yeah. Hearts and it was still a picture of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst I'm like mm, this, it's not this an is quite right it's not an yeah. accident uh, either some guys changed that and, and changed the password so on his last day people got to change <laughs> yeah. it or whatever. certainly not podcast professionals like us and listen if you want to come and see three podcast professionals live in the flesh then uh, help yourself to some tickets we would love to see you there as we celebrate Celtic winning league but look that's where we're going to end this episode of 20 Minute Tims thank you so much for watching and listening 